All right, let me see. Uh, so I will make you full screen. But first, let me do a quick sound check here. God damn it. Why am I like this? <laughs> Why are we all like this? <laughs> this is going to be on the audio recording. <laughs> That's a good way to start it. Yeah. Why am I like this? Uh, if, if you're listening to the audio recording, we are having some, some issues getting the podcast started. <laughs> the live version. Um, so you're going to hear us count down and, and everything in just a second. It's going to be great. God, it's so hot. Are we all uh, so, are we all primed to go? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We did Three. it. Oh, hold up. Let me start the oh, God damn it, Michael. <laughs> I gotta start Fucking the everything up. <laughs> all right. All right. The stream is live. Go ahead and start in three, two, one. I see Mike's little face in the corner there. He's just hanging out on the yeah, screen. Yeah, I, I got rid of that. <laughs> I got rid of that. I was uh, I was in the frame somehow. Now I got to try that again, man. I thought it was kind of nice. Oh, I it was cute. thanks, man. Um, hello like and welcome friend. to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, <laughs> episode seventy-one. It is the seventeenth of December, two thousand and twenty-one. I am your host, as always, Michael Debs. Joining me, as also always. Danko Suvin from the Instagram handle at Dankaluz. Except for last time. Uh, you did actually join us. I anyways, did. So, I forgot I called yeah. you guys. Yeah. 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 It was important. Still, still an as always thing, except for that one episode John and I did together. That's true. That's uh, true. One and a half. So yeah, there's yeah. pretty good. Uh also, uh, while I'm on the subject, also joining us is John the producer <laughs> from the Instagram handle Discopathic. Uh, John, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm I'm, do I'm doing good. Uh, I'm uh, I'm glad that we get to uh, uh, punish Dorian with our topic today. Uh, I'm excited for it for uh, leaving <laughs> us last week. Yeah. What is the topic today? Uh, well, I'll get into that in a second. Um, <laughs> Employee of the year. <laughs> Thank you. How how are you doing today, sir? I'm all right, man. I've been putting a lot of thought into making a making a very serious purchase. Oh, yeah. You see, uh, first edition copies of The Outsider and Other Tales by Lovecraft okay. um, is only a few thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the low, low price of a few thousand dollars. Yeah. No, actually, it's not quite that bad. It's like it's like one and a half thousand, uh, which means that I'm still not going to fucking buy it. But yeah. I ha I've been having fantasies about it all day. Yeah, it's fun. one of those things where when when you have the actual means to do something like that, you're like, what if I did? No, yeah. no, I won't. I yeah. won't. But what if I did? It, it's like <laughs> I could just eat like a you know, like I, I was before instead of foie gras on every meal. <laughs> what, um, what you're doing right now, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 It's the only way to keep my bowels moving. 
<laughs> I, I bet and that keeps my god did they move <laughs> anyway i'm fine just just cool. making big purchases being a rich guy yeah well you capitalism rules fantasizing about nice. making big purchases and being a rich guy um i think yeah but it i, I don't know is that I'm sorry if, sorry if i so just different? like ruined your shit and like made you feel bad um was, i mean that wasn't my you, intent you, next you're gonna tell me that i'm not responsible for the deaths of any children in uh, diamond mines <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your fault Dory. <laughs> you had to move on past the accident <laughs> how are you mike uh cool glad you asked uh i'm okay <laughs> Um, I, I will go ahead and, and address the elephant on my face, which is, um, uh, I don't, I don't know what this is. It's some kind of acne, horrible thing happening. Um, you, you actually, we, you know what they call acne on your face? Go ahead. It's just acne. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had a, uh, a joke or anything lined up. No, uh, yeah, no, so, I, so actually, have, I, uh, um... Oh, go, go uh, ahead. Because your, no, your thing I mean, is more important than my story, probably. It is. <laughs> uh, no, I, I that was actually part of my mental illness coming through, if it wasn't already obvious. Um, but I have this thing that occurs, and I'm not being ironic here, uh, but it is funny and, and kind of silly. But I, I, I have this thing that happens where I, I'm so used to correcting people wrong on purpose because it's funny, like oh, saying yeah. irregardless, you know, stuff like that. Because when you have degrees in English, the only thing you're supposed to do is like abuse that and fuck up prescriptive grammar worse than than it already was. Uh, but anyway, so I I just can't can't it's stop reflexive. making fake yeah. corrections. Yeah, yeah. And so when you said acne, I was like, it's called facne, actually. <laughs> and so I had to say that in order to stop myself from giving the fake correction. So, so it became a more an even more meta joke. So people think that I'm a funny guy. I'm in fact just deeply, deeply uh, uh, mentally ill in a kind of OCD way. Yeah. So so you gave yourself some kind of pathologic mental disorder yeah. uh, through through being a shitlord. It's, it's called hyperstition, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the next thing I was going to jump into. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, we we have uh, mask mandates back in California, and the other day I worked quite a laborious job. Um, in which I was wearing a mask the entire time, and uh, I think it did bad things to my face, unfortunately. But whatever, here we are. Uh, cool, if man. you're tuning in uh, live, you're probably wondering uh, what's the subject of uh, today's uh, discussion. What and, is the subject of today's discussion? And the subject is erections, uh, namely those uh, that have been constructed by humans. Um, oh, we're talking about buildings again. Yeah, we're talking about buildings again. I am actually excited for this. I, yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna get into yeah. some fun things. Um, we're gonna we're gonna briefly touch on some things that probably deserve, you know, more time if we were something that uh, that focused on engineering. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, if we were a serious podcast, we'd we'd spend the time getting well, into things. But we're just we are, uh, we are, we're, we're like a, a <laughs> we aren't an engineering specific podcast or anything like that. Um. There do you have some, any that you would suggest? There are some I, I would suggest. Uh, oh, that's what you were saying already. Well, there's your problem is one that I would suggest. Um, one of the topics we're going to talk about later is actually they did a deep dive on on the, just this one topic. So a uh, very good podcast. Uh, I listen to them a lot. 
Are there any architectural discussions that don't eventually go back to either the Hoover Dam or 9-11? Uh, yes, there's there's plenty, actually. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like it's a Kevin Bacon thing. <laughs> no, we 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 okay, we, uh, we we fucked up a lot of things yeah. trying to uh, solve problems that that we've created over and over again. You also uh, have the Tower of Babel. Sorry, the, that's the trifecta. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the Tower of Babel. <laughs> America almost had it all. Um. So let's uh, let's go ahead and go to the uh, to the first link that we have. Let's jump right into this. Um, so people may or may not have heard of what's what's called the Millennium Tower in San Francisco. Oh fuck yeah! Um, it's it's become uh, one of my favorite subjects uh, to just kind of watch. Um, not necessarily explore a whole lot of the ins and outs necessarily, um, like I am with a lot of other buildings right now as I'm working on a project. Um. But I love this one because uh, we'll, we'll watch this video and, and then we'll watch um, a video of, of this dude that kind of just like simps for engineers. Um, he, he's an engineer himself, I guess, but but he's also a sense. simp for engineers. And he uh, he really just kind of like, hey, this pro this project's no problem. Why is everybody freaking out? And then we'll look at like what's happened since he released that video. And it's it's just like chef's kiss good. Um, so if we could go ahead and play this, uh, so people get an overview of what's happening at the Millennium Tower, or actually, this is this is uh, like a lead into the Millennium Tower problem in general, uh, which is that San Francisco has so much building weight on it right now in the downtown area that the downtown area is like sinking faster than people would normally expect it to. Because it's a it's a seaside space. It's a bay with fucking clay beneath it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Yeah. Pe yeah. Pe people turned a really big bay into mm -hmm. a slightly smaller bay by making it a landfill. Yeah. And then <clears throat> that's built, bay built skyscrapers on it. Yep. Uh, yep. So, so let's, let's listen to this uh, Puerto Rican like fish. Who somebody I think is exposing themselves to him on camera? Are you HP Lovecraft? <laughs> oh man, I came out of nowhere. Hell yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Well, we've documented the troubles with San Francisco's Millennium Tower sinking and leaning for years, but that's not the only building that's sinking in the Bay Area. Our investigative oh, reporter, right. Jackson Vanderbecken, tells us the timing is less than ideal because the sea level is rising at the same time. <laughs> That's what they call a double whammy. <laughs> I looked at every building in the Bay Area, so just under a million buildings. Tom Parsons is a research geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey, the USGS. He studies how seismic stresses build up on the Earth's crust. And lately, he's studying the phenomenon of sinking cities. Turns out the entire Bay Area has sunk as much as three inches on average during the last century. The cause? An extra 3.5 trillion pounds oh of my God. steel and everything else that goes with seven to eight million people living here. Clearly the, the most dense and the tallest buildings are centered in that downtown San Francisco area. And that's where we see the most calculated 
cumulative settlement from all of those buildings together. Downtown, of course, is home to the infamous Millennium Tower. It's perhaps the single most recognizable tilting building in the country right now. But the Millennium has a lot of... Okay. <laughs> which, which tells you something when he, when he says it's the most recognizable tilting building. <laughs> Like, also, like, yeah. <laughs> like the Leaning Tower of Pisa is probably the most identifiable Leaning Tower in Italy, right? <laughs> <laughs> also, let's um, uh, really quickly, just because he, he threw a number out there, and I, I want to do the math on it just to make sure that uh, we recognize exactly how absurd this is. Did he say 3.5 trillion? Uh, yeah. Or was it 3.1? I believe it was 3.5. That's what I thought. Okay. So uh, that is 1,750,000 tons. Yeah. Because I feel like people think about like millions and then billions and then trillions and they kind of like lump them together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that is so fucking much. That's, like, <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real number. <laughs> That's like if you had like, I don't know, 20 whales stacked on every, like, <laughs> every, every, like, seeable surface here. Um. Imagine, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like how horrifying that is. Like, it's like, you know, we're not horrified by our, like, uh, horrifying, you know, like, weird, like, ape hellscape that we've created but like imagine if it was like uh 3.5 trillion uh pounds of uh of uh beehives (laughs) (laughs) and also let's to be fair um a a blue whale only weighs like 150 tons so that's that's probably even more blue whales than you think yeah okay so so maybe we're working so many whales 50 blue whales just stacked up like 50 blue whales high like every surface is covered with 50 blue whales <laughs> why don't we measure more things in blue whales that's that's some shit that i would do in like elementary school because i learned that they were 100 feet long of course all blue whales are exactly 100 well, feet long. i mean the news often um, does this kind of stuff anyways right where they're like and if you're having trouble envisioning that think it's always football five fields football though f- exactly you know yeah. exactly who where cares I was going. about football fields yeah i want to measure things in t-rexes and in blue whales that's the, that's the only measurement that I want for distance. <laughs> it's point zero 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 one T Rexes. Actually, actually, that's uh, that's that's how you like determine what system of measurement you use. At a young age, you choose what your favorite dinosaur is, and that's not. Dude, yes. Oh, I love like, that. Well, I'm a Triceratopian, so. <laughs> Man. All right. Cool. Sorry yeah. uh, for yeah. all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep playing this. Take a look at the 10 heaviest buildings in San Francisco that exert the. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> one market plaza. I'm glad you pointed that one out because that's that's the uh, the, the elephant in this space. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, like, it's not even an average skyscraper. It's much, much fucking uh, oh, yeah, heavier. No, it's, it's like it's twice huge. or more of most of the skyscrapers yeah. in the area. But um, then it's not even the tallest one, though. No, it's it's just made out of older shit, and it's fucking heavy because of that. I, I'm sorry. I, nothing, nothing gives me such like a weird existential feeling these days uh, like, uh, like numbers do. Yeah. Like the... Like the, the the heat needed to center uh, like 
concrete or the the weight of a building. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at 1,544 million pounds. <laughs> I just, I want to cry. <laughs> like so, these numbers, you know what? No human being should be allowed to do anything that works with these numbers. It just, yeah, that's not something for monkeys. That's, so, uh, and like, like, that, like being, I'm gonna go Joe Rogan on this. <laughs> like, being a construction worker, uh, like, uh, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you see a crack in your wall in your house, you know, and you're somewhat alarmed, you know, because, uh, you know, it probably isn't going to fall, you know, but maybe I should get somebody to check on it in case like something like does start to cave. But then like when you're in one of these buildings and you're like on like one of your you're in an area where nobody, nobody, none of the tenants go because you're a, you're a maintenance guy or a construction worker and you do see like a big fucking crack <laughs> in something that's load bearing that's holding up. Yeah. S- just just 637 right million inside, pounds. It? Yeah. And <laughs> then it's like, real. I can't wait to get out of this fucking building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, or working actually... on working on the, the tops of these fucking things. They fucking move. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, some more than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some more than others. Some, some more than others, as we'll see. Um, so, for for reference, um, a the, the Millennium Tower, uh, uh, kind of in the center there, six hundred eighty six million pounds. Um, the average house places, I want to say, a hundred pounds of uh, like building weight on on like the average square foot of land. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think the the number that I ended up hearing, uh, you, Mike presented this stuff in in workshop last yeah, yeah last week. Got and I think the number ranted that, about it. That, it, was, it was like eleven thousand. It was fun. per square. Uh, yeah, it was it was foot. like hundred and ten pounds per. No, no, eleven uh, thousand. House. Oh yeah, hundred and ten for like an average house, yeah. and then this building is like eleven thousand pounds <laughs> per square foot at its base. <laughs> like it's it's fucking insane. Um, and and you know as we've already noted these are built on a pretty they call it the old bay clay that's what engineers call it it has a name because everybody knows about it it's mud under the ground uh what what they did in the construction of the millennium tower and what they did with the construction of a lot of the the other buildings here is they drove piles into the ground so basically they're like all right so we know that there's mud under the ground so what we'll do to stabilize it is we'll just have a bunch of really long <laughs> piles that will kind of like balance each other out and like keep it keep us stable in the mud um that hasn't worked for the millennium tower obviously the whole fucking city is sinking so that's already a problem and and not only is it not working but by by necessity every time they end up applying these it makes it a little bit worse like it's yeah we're we're gonna see that we're gonna see (laughs) that actually so keep playing this uh just just to roll it through all right. Pressure on the Earth. At 686 million pounds, uh, millennium is just the third heaviest development. The top all weigh more than 300 million pounds. But Parsons' data suggests they're all sinking, slowly, but suggest. easily. So none of the others is leaning like the millennium, which is sinking primarily on one side. The millennium tower is an unusual example of tilt, but um, generally they go down vertically. The Europeans... (laughs) Just like the towers. ...captured the phenomenon from space. You can see the financial district and other downtown areas show up in yellow, indicating ongoing settlement. All that Uh, weight, Parsons...
Uh, so, so they mentioned the financial district is is the one that's uh, sinking the most. Um, <laughs> and I think there's there's got to be some kind of metaphor in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. Where the financial, uh, the financial like uh, sector, like I don't know, just has these spikes, right? And then, <laughs> then eventually, like some of those spikes start start going down. Um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they go down incredibly fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead and continue. <laughs> Somebody else has something to say. It says it's enough to influence an earthquake fault. Fortunately, the San Andreas Fault runs offshore before it reaches San Francisco. So the billions of extra pounds of development in the city is not likely to impact it. If you have a series of buildings, uh, fairly heavy buildings, all clustered together, they're going to with each other. Harry Poulos is an internationally recognized <laughs> expert on tall building foundations. <laughs> You're not allowed to have that name. Maybe the size of a <laughs> Henry Poulos. There's been little research about the collective impact of entire corridors of high rises on the earth below. I been doing foundation design for I guess nearly 30 years now and it's not something that we've actually ever even thought about. Uh, not not on the sort of scale that you're talking about. Anything that's contributing to lowering the ground surface is something we should be worried about. Parsons says he's now studying Manhattan because it's sinking too of course it and faces the same threat as San Francisco from climate change. Parsons points out ground level and sea level heading in opposite directions is a dangerous scenario for coastal cities. So if you have all of this going on when you're right near the waterline, in some cases in San Francisco, then you have to worry about big storms as sea level comes up and inundation more frequently. San Francisco building officials say they have long-term plans to protect against climate change by building up the seawall. Oh, good. In the meantime, oh. more buildings on top of For stuff. settlement for at least a decade after construction. Jackson Vanderbeck and is your city saving because of buildings? Have you tried building more? <laughs> maybe, maybe I can stab this wound shut. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna raise the seawall. Yeah. Oh uh, my that's god. That's great. Uh, because, because dams infamous for never breaking. Um. Yeah. Well, and uh, and like a uh, uh, tsunamis. Uh, uh, yeah, infamous like, uh, for, uh, for caring about what your seawall looks like. Yeah, because like uh I don't know what weird calculus it is, but like the closer you are to the actual shoreline, it the magnitudes uh more damage that uh that a tsunami can do. Yeah, right. A seawall. Let's uh let's Man, go to the next link here. This is a nerd. Uh. I'm sure, oh, he's, I'm sure yeah. he's a fine uh, gentleman. Ah, uh, let's see. But I, I, I dislike him because he, he, he simps for, for buildings and engineers. And he even at some points, <laughs> you know, admits that this whole thing is kind of like experimental. Uh, but, you know, as long as the engineers keep saying, oh, this new thing is okay, it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Always trust the math. So I have so, it. Uh, go ahead. He's he's got he's got this uh this uh crane back here yeah, as like the the main focus of like uh I guess probably I'm I'm guessing they fascinate him uh well, and yeah, he's sir. probably like all about him but it's like probably like the single most like dangerous yeah cranes are fucking piece of equipment 
that humans have ever made. Mm-hmm. Another thing that freaks me out when I see him in oh. a weird existential way. Shouldn't I just, exist. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, build I, a temporary building that spins around and picks up tons <laughs> of weight. <laughs> I, I get anxiety anytime I drive like underneath a crane. It just, yeah. It just, it is. It, it only takes it's seconds for you to become like mincemeat on the ground and uh, those those things fall apart all the goddamn time. Yeah, right. and, and and like like a like a like a lapse of focus from the crane operator for like a fucking second. I mean, it's literally it's it's a machine that uh, again uh, an elementary school kid would build. Right. <laughs> yeah, I need to get like, stuff up there. Let's let's uh, tie two sticks together. Yeah, and make it wobble. Tipo's <laughs> construction. um so i've i've skipped ahead a bit in the video where where he kind of goes into like why it's sinking we already talked about why it's sinking it's built on mud the pile foundations don't actually work how they probably should um he's going to he's going to talk about some some things he's he's going to uh show us what the proposed fix is which is clown world like literally again going back to like a kid could think of this idea sort of stuff um so go ahead and play it john the result was that by 2016 when the public first learned about the issue the building had already sunk more than 16 inches or 41 centimeters triple the movement that was anticipated for its entire lifetime unfortunately that settlement wasn't happening evenly instead the northwest corner had sunk a little lower than the rest of the foundation causing the tower to tilt several inches in that direction The media had a field day reporting on the leaning tower of San Francisco and accusations started flying about who was to blame and whether the city had covered up details about the building's movement. The developer continued insisting that the building was safe, reiterating that all buildings settle over time and the Millennium Tower was no different. But it definitely was different, at least in magnitude. With so much attention to the building, the city commissioned a panel of experts in 2017 to assess its safety, both for everyday use and in the event of a strong earthquake. By that time, the building had settled another inch and was out of plumb by more than a foot or 30 centimeters. That's not something you could notice by eye and was probably only discernible to the most perceptive residents, but it's well beyond the six inches. It was, oh, it so was only that, discernible to, to the uh, the people wearing roller skates in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. so, that, and, and that's absolute bullshit because leans look worse uh yeah when you've got the, something huge the, the bigger, and you tilt the, it just yeah, a the, little the, bit <laughs> yeah the, the bigger they get like yeah. <laughs> you can be off by a half an inch in like a like a 10 foot by 10 foot room trying to, fucking trying notice to, it. <laughs> well no an inch people will notice fucking a half inch a lot of people won't notice you know yeah well no, no it no, can no. it can add it adds up to a lot <laughs> right you know did did you guys know that um, uh, Wittgenstein ended up having like I, I think it was a kitchen, uh, but he was he was having a house built and then he had them tear out the entire ceiling just to raise it by like a centimeter. That that sounds about right. I've actually I've worked so on I've worked on a tenant renovation projects for when I was working at the city uh, and, and you know the city hall was rented out to to people. Uh, private interest great 
Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's always good when you tie your your capital finance into uh, the government um, in a very direct way. But anyways, uh, I worked on tenant renovations where people would literally be like, um, yeah, the ceiling feels a little bit too low. I think if it was like an inch or two higher, it'll be better. And so you had to like reconstruct the entire fucking dr- I didn't do it myself. I, I yeah. hired out a contractor because I'm like, fuck you. It's your dime, I guess. <laughs> but, Amazing. but yeah, no, they, they'll get they'll get particular about that kind of stuff. And I, like, yeah, I, you know, I measured it from ceiling to floor and it's only nine feet and I want a little bit more than that um and and a lot of times what it boils down to is like some fucking dipshit like uh what is it a professional managerial type read a study where like the (laughs) ideal height of a room is (laughs) such and such feet kind of stuff and they'll be like yeah i really want an ideal working place so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make you raise this by a couple of inches because it it doesn't feel right to me incredible Oh my God. And there's like hundreds of pounds of equipment, especially in like these, um, these multi tenant space buildings, even, even a generally like small one, like just a, a four story building. There'll be, there can be hundreds of pounds of equipment. In yeah. Their ceilings. And, yeah. And, then and the, those things. things have to get raised too. When you raise that stupid tile ceiling that you see in office spaces. <laughs> So you got to think also, like we, we talked about scale briefly, but um, imagine you're, I don't know, a renter of the top suite in, in this fucking building. And yeah, the engineers say you're living a, in a safe building that, that, that can withstand an earthquake. But uh, I don't know, just just the, the dysfunction of not being able to set an egg down on your countertop because it'll roll off. Like maybe maybe the uh the plumbing in your shower, like um because you know, shower tile is like graded to the drain. Maybe it's no longer graded properly, so water just kind right. of sits in a corner. Like that's that's all not good stuff. And and it does have like real actual building if like if you have sitting water even on like nice bathroom tile, it'll eventually seep through. That's just what water does. Water hates buildings. Yes. Um <laughs> as it as it should as it should yeah. they're, they're mortal enemies i'm i am i consider myself a, a water type person so I'm, you're you're water guy yeah i'm a water guy no, that's not true i just water like drinking. Bro. <laughs> i'm a water guy stay hydrated guys continue guys, if you John, please if you, yes. if you don't have a glass of water right now get a glass of water and you if know you what? do have a bunch of glasses sitting around please take those bring them to the kitchen we love you. I actually do have water this time. See? You gotta have water. Even I drink water. That should say something. <laughs> John, please All continue. Right. Let's simp, simp for engineering. This is allowed by the building code. Even so, the panel found that the building was completely safe, and the settlement had not compromised its ability to withstand strong earthquakes. However, they cautioned that the movement hadn't stopped and further tilting may affect the building's safety. At the same time, That's and despite right engineering assessments pause. confirming... Uh, the, the panel concluded that further tilting may, uh, may pose a problem for the building's safety. Um, so, so this guy, you know, and, and I feel a little bit bad for him because he may have prematurely made this video. And I think possibly... Um, had he uh, waited on this a little bit, he may have reconsidered uh, 
simping so hard for this building because we're going <laughs> to learn some things about further tilt in a, in a few minutes. Go ahead and continue. Sorry. In the building safety, the condominium prices were plummeting. No one wanted to live in a building that was sinking into the ground with no sign of slowing down. <laughs> oh, it no didn't shit. take long for lawsuits <laughs> to be filed. By the end of it, just about every person and organization related in any way to the Millennium Tower was involved in at least one lawsuit, including individual residents, the Homeowners Association, the building developer, the Transbay Joint Powers Authority, and many others. In total, there were nine separate lawsuits involving around 400 individual parties. After many years of complex litigation, a comprehensive settlement of the legal kind was eventually reached through private mediation. The result was that no one took the blame for the building's excessive movement, condo owners would be compensated for the loss of property values, and most importantly, the building would be fixed. During mediation, the retrofits to the building's foundation to slow the sinking and detilt the tower were a big point of contention. One early plan was to install hundreds of micropiles, small diameter drilled piles, through the existing foundation down to bedrock. But the estimated cost for the repair was as much as $500 million, more than the original cost of the entire building. Turns out it's a lot easier to drill foundation piles before the building's built than afterwards. The challenges associated with working below the building, like access, vibrations, noise, and lack of space, drove up the price, and the parties couldn't agree to pay such a substantial cost. An unconventional alternative proposed by the developer's engineer ended up okay, resolving ahead, the dispute. And and ask <laughs> the, the alternative is you just punch it really hard at the top. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're about to enter a childlike uh, uh, mode of fixing things. Um, yes. Not unlike what, uh, what Dorian just said. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh no! So we're, we're gonna we're gonna attach a small nuclear device to yeah. the apex of the tower. What we're gonna well, do to it, the asteroid is we're actually going to uh, to turn it into fifty asteroids by blowing it up. <laughs> well, it, it, it's kind of like a like the the dumb thing that we do that uh that that uh I kind of mentioned earlier was that uh to fix this problem we have to create a hundred problems. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think it's more like uh, 50 in this case. Um, well, each, each oh, technology true. produces a new accident. There you go. Wow. We, we brought the theory into it. Continue. We did it again. Virilio in the chat. <laughs> press, press play, John. So this writing is currently under construction. The proposed fix to the Millennium Tower is to install piles along two sides of the building's perimeter. That may seem kind of simple, but there's a lot of clever engineering yeah, involved to make it work. <laughs> 52 piles will be drilled along the north oh, okay. and west sides of the tower all the way down to bedrock. <laughs> Unlike the original plan, these piles will be installed outside the building below the adjacent <laughs> sidewalks, saving a significant amount on the construction cost. An extension to the building's existing concrete slab will be installed mm. around each pile. 
but uh, not rigidly so attached good. to them. Instead, each pile will be sleeved through and extended above oh, the concrete slab <laughs> so that the building can move. God, that's so hot. The slab will be equipped with steel beams centered above each pile and anchored deep within the concrete. Finally, hydraulic jacks will be installed between each of the 52 piles and beams. Once everything is installed, the contractor will use the hydraulic jacks to lift the building's foundation, transferring about 20% of the load onto the new perimeter piles. That means each one will be carrying around 800,000 pounds or 360,000 kilograms. The goal of the upgrade is to remove weight from the clay soil below the building. Look at this fucking light. It just keeps going further. And thus. No. No. It's like, I don't know, four times, almost five times the size of the original fucking pile foundation. It's a 75 foot fucking. No, nice. no, no, it's, it's a meter, meter, yeah, no, it's 70, feet. 75 oh, meters. It's, it's 250 <laughs> feet down to the fucking bedrock that so they're going to drill these good. things. Um, well, this also shows that they could, if it, that they could have taken all of the original foundation and pylons done yeah, and done um, that from the beginning. Earlier on in the video, I think he, uh, he discussed how, this is normal construction in, in the area, so no engineers even thought to like drill down further than what they did for the original piles. Um, That's what their job is supposed to be, though. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, th thinking ahead. But it, and, and, it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, is, that, that, that is what it all boils down it's to. Is expensive. It's expensive. <laughs> that, that means engineers are completely fucking useless beyond like when beyond waiting for a fucking accident yeah because after they come up with a new technology fucking tradesmen and construction workers fucking are the ones that actually like do this shit and yeah. they're the ones that work on the, the rule of thumb Kill well, I mean, your our, local our, stem lord <laughs> yeah i mean our, our entire economy and thereby the entirety of our our society is predicated on doing things only to the degree that you need to yeah um right at, at least when it when it comes to things like this um it, or, or why you know we had all these all these issues with covid and continue to um where it's just oh well you know it might cause a problem but it's it's worth taking the risk it's all externalities uh we don't need that many hospital beds we <laughs> well, <laughs> well yeah uh uh, but like the the thing is is like engineers like they have a license to come up with new things. Yeah, essentially. Like, yes. And yeah, like engineers are allowed to uh, uh, math around uh, building codes hmm. because they did the math. They don't have to <laughs> fucking. They don't. They don't have to fucking do a certain thing. But then when something right. fucks, when something fucks up. They go, well, how could we know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the other I was just relying on math <laughs> <laughs> and and standard building practices. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing, is uh every building at this scope is is experiment. I mean, you you could boil it down to every building is experimental. Uh you could you could build a small house and it could turn out that I don't know, it's built on a, a fucking native american graveyard or something and, and parents are rising <laughs> no, up to kill you why yeah. didn't they move the bodies you, you, you only you only know about that one when, when the uh when the you know 
Navajo is standing at your uh, the the, fo- yeah, the foot the- of your bed at, at every night, staring at you <laughs> when- and chanting incantations or whatever. When the poltergeist makes you peel off your face in the mirror. And, yeah, you, yeah, you only know about your building error in that case when when <laughs> <laughs> when there are clowns under your bed. Yeah, <laughs> when when the skinwalkers start uh, tapping on your window. Um, but uh, th- th- these are much smaller issues, obviously, when when you build a house. Uh, then, then when you build a, a, I don't know how many stories this is. It's, it's some obscene amount of fucking height. It weighs six hundred million fucking pounds, uh, six hundred eighty million pounds. So, um, gigantic fucking building built on on uh, what what is that? Artificial clay uh, and then sand. Um, yeah, they're they're only like seventy feet below grade. Yeah, and 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 mind you. There's uh there's the young bay clay, there's the coma sand, and then there's the old bay clay, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then after several several hundred feet of uh, old bay clay, you finally get to to bedrock. Um, but uh, yeah, this this is all, all all these kind of mega structures are experiments essentially, and no. we we only find out what's wrong with them as they start tilting. Uh, two feet off off where they're supposed to be. Uh, well, you guys uh, know that that old Bible story about how you're supposed to build your house on clay, yeah, uh, right. or sand, sand. Ideally, I think. Well, a mixture of both is really what no, you yeah. want. You want clay and exactly. sand, and then, and then exactly. more clay. That's that's what Peter means. Actually, it's <laughs> yeah. it's Latin for uh, sand sandwiched between two different types of clay. <laughs> <laughs> causing a, a building to tilt dude i really want these hydraulic uh, uh jacks to just fucking push the building over <laughs> well I, I mean that's uh that's say, no no deaths i don't want the deaths but... yeah let's let's go ahead and say that we don't want anybody to be hurt by this except no. for I don't know. Maybe the primary engineer of the project. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's the only guy there. He's just checking it out at night because he, he's like thinking about it a lot, yeah. and, then, and then it like it blows up on him. Well, we don't. Th- this is this is not an accusation in any way, but but just to because we're trying to work out the ethics in this thought experiment. Just imagining he's also a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes yeah. everything yeah. okay. Um, yeah, just imagining yeah. that uh, it again entirely imaginary. Um, the engineer of the Millennium Tower is a pedophile. Well, he is yeah. working with finance people, so... <laughs> Which, uh, you know, none of them. None of whatever. them. No, no not Wait, ever. hold on. He, he hold on. Built, he oh, built hold the... on. I'm getting news about finance people. <laughs> are, they, are they building... These... these uh, uh, there's something going on here, guys, where they're drilling a bunch of small holes into the ground... Oh man, that's where they put. That's Basements. where they put the child bodies. There you go. This is a Wayfair yeah. cabinet in a building <laughs> kind of thing. That's what's happening. Let's uh, let's continue this video. God, I'm a Q guy now, guys. I've decided it. Yeah, me too. Probably. <laughs> the design requires that the holes be over drilled so that no part of the new piles can come into contact with the old bay clay and put any weight on this weak subsurface layer. The annular space between each pile and the clay will be filled with low-strength material only after the hydraulic jacking operation is complete. Once the building is safely... Wait, so they also have to sheathe it later? Well, and they're also sheathing it with um, material that's just weak material. 
Um, and you and, want it and, to be weak so it flexes, or I, I like, guess what's that's, the... that's the premise. But the problem is that you know they're they're saying, oh, we don't want the old bay clay in contact with anything. Well, the old bay clay is surrounding this entire thing, and we're already talking about a building that's experiencing shifting. I don't know, probably a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, I, I cool. love this. I love this jack it up uh, solution where where you jack like like a fucking. Uh, I don't know, cartoon child or just like, what if we got really big jacks? What what if I asked one of my fairy godparents for really big jacks, <laughs> and uh, and and we just jacked the building up because that's that's how things work in a cartoon, so it must work in in real life. Um, of course, yeah. I, I I almost want to, you know, I'm I'm writing this piece about buildings that's eventually going to be published, and. I, I almost want to make the bet that sometime in our like in the near future we're gonna see this building fall over genuinely and it's gonna be like a horrific thing that happens to the city because this is clown show oh, yeah. shit and it's and this clown clown show shit is not even going as well as they want it to as we'll see in a in a video in a few minutes. Um, oh, so no. well, let's go ahead. So and, oh, go ahead, Joe. Sorry. I, I've got I've got something that uh, maybe the listener and or viewer might want to know about concrete, which is what all this shit is made out of. Right? Mm, we love yeah. concrete here. Yeah. So like concrete one, it has to cure. So this foundation over here, this light gray area is all cured and yes. it's harder. Right. Right. So this this new stuff is going is not going to be cured or they're going to have to wait for it to cure. They're going to have to but wait for I it to cure. Yeah. Yeah, and it I think it it takes five years or more or something like that for it to for concrete to reach its like yeah full, concrete does uh, not cure. just like like it it'll get hard enough to build on if you're building like a reasonable structure within a week is usually the yeah the timetable yeah, yeah. um yeah no th this is going to take a very long time to cure properly and their solution is we'll take this and much younger concrete and put it in like a slip joint inside the existing foundation and then uh, we'll we'll have a, a big jack and this <laughs> this big jack will uh push the building up and then, and then we'll be good yeah and i'm i mean i guess i hope that they're going to make this like nub out of reinforced concrete <laughs> i mean the whole thing is going to be made yeah. out of reinforced concrete i'm sure but yeah well hopefully because uh concrete only has good compression strength not yeah, tensile strength yeah yeah, yeah. let's uh let's know. watch a little they're, bit more the, of this they're the engineers we should trust them yeah right <laughs> they they, they never fuck up each never never fuck up pile will be enclosed in a concrete vault below the ground everything will be backfilled and the sidewalks will be replaced like it if all goes according to plan the settlement on the north and west sides of the building will be completely arrested with less load on the original foundation the sinking of the other two sides will gradually slow to a stop straightening the building back to its original plumbness but just a couple of feet lower than where it started. Of course, of expensive <laughs> and innovative construction projects rarely do go according to plan, and this one's no different. The city of San Francisco and the design... So what happens after it corrects and it starts to sink down straight? Do they have to, do they have to then dig up 
their fucking their fucking all the pylons and no no they, then then they just have like a garden floor and then a, a b1 and a b2 <laughs> yeah it's, it's cool it's like kind of an east coast feel what, what's eventually going to happen is um they're they're going to have to build stairs down into the front yeah, door. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, like, won't won't it? But won't it start tipping in the other direction, though? Right. Because well, I mean, because uh, this is on bedrock, right? So eventually, it's going to you know sink down if the whole city is sinking. <clears throat> this thing is not sinking anymore. It's on bedrock. Well, they they had the uh, the the jacks. Um... Are, are on like a slip joint of the concrete so but they capped it with backfill <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why you would bring that up that doesn't seem very, very important. <laughs> also i'm sure that the jacks like i don't know can only extend so far so um yeah it, it seems like a very short-term solution all things considered at the very least, they're they're going to have to like one day probably dig up those. Uh, let's say so, this works and let's say this holds. One day they're going to have to dig up those fucking vaults because, like you're saying, the other side of the building is going to sink and and these jacks are going to be holding up the other side. So it'll just tilt a different direction. And now all these people who have I don't know spent the last five years like carefully setting their eggs in like one corner of the <laughs> counter. Uh, so so that it doesn't roll off because that's like where the tiles are just right. They're now going to have to find a different corner of the counter because it's going to be tilted the complete opposite direction. I mean, that's at least convenient because it's just going to be you know the opposite corner. Well, so they'll figure it out. It'll be fine. I mean, fine. That, that's oh. that's assuming everything on, on the tiles is all like you know completely perfect and standard mm-hmm. across itself, which isn't you, the case. Do you so imagine really. that anything in this building is not perfect? <laughs> <laughs> I believe there may be some foundational issues yeah. here. <laughs> uh, let, let's, try cool, to, guys. let's try to roll this out. Yeah, Actually, I, yeah. I think we may have uh, run run as much as we need to of this guy. Um, oh, this guy's faces. <clears throat> yeah, he's he, always got his eyes closed. Uh, so, so this was uh, actually go back to the video real quick so I can look at the release date of that. Um, uh, November, November 16th. 16th. All right, cool. Go back go back to the next uh, link. Um this is uh December wow. 7th, so not not a, not a whole lot of time. Oh. Uh, less less than a full month later and uh there's some new information about uh about this building. Please uh San please Francisco play. Millennium Tower tilts quarter inch in 4 days. That rules. <laughs> Getting uh, think, worse now. Okay. During a 4 Oh. Day period last month, San Francisco's Millennium Tower tilted another quarter of an inch again in just four days. This happened during a process to fix the building. Our investigative reporter, Jackson Vanderbecken, has been on the forefront of the story from the very beginning and has the update tonight. Here at the Millennium Tower, crews are in the process of installing test piles down to bedrock. They're using methods to limit settlement during the so-called fix of the already leaning luxury high-rise in downtown San Francisco. So far this year, monitoring data released by the city shows the tower has sunk nearly two more inches at one corner and is now leaning over two feet out at the northwest side. (laughs) And the building sank again during installation of a test pile last month. 
New data shows the tower also tilted a quarter of an inch in just four days. And this may explain why. It's ground monitoring data from down deep under the building where a layer of clay resides. There you can see a sudden fluctuation, reflecting a loss of a dozen feet in the groundwater level near the corner of the building over that four-day period. This is the large drop. You can't see the scale on this plot, uh, but this is a pretty dramatic effect. While the pressure level came back up, veteran geotechnical engineer Bob Pike believes the brief loss likely triggered settlement and suspects the drilling process during the fix is to blame. <laughs> sucking a straw into a milkshake. The sucking, he believes, Can we pause is some new air used to vacuum up debris uh, during yeah. drilling. Uh, he, he says sucking a straw into a, or, yeah, <clears throat> sucking a straw that's in a milkshake. And I, I swear to God, if that's not a there will be blood reference, <laughs> he, he did it anyways. And I love it. Um, <laughs> fucking based. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> Go ahead. It's that process he suspects that's undermining the old bay clay layer under the building's foundation long enough for settlement to occur. You can accidentally remove soil that you want to stay in place. Rune Storson of UC Berkeley's Center for <laughs> Catastrophic Risk Management says the data suggests fix engineers clearly could do more to refine their method. You're always going to get some degree of, of settlement. Obviously, you want that to be as, as low as possible. Fix designer Ron Hamburger is assured city officials. <laughs> Ron Hamburger. Yeah, his name is Ron Hamburger. Is within expected level. He now has city permission to put in two more test piles. Testing, he says, is needed to help determine how many piles will be used to shore up the structure. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC, Bay Area News. All right. Um, That's fucking funny. That's good. So, so yeah, while they're in the middle of fixing this fucking thing, make sure you pause that. We don't, we oh, don't no. do ads on this channel, John. Uh, while they're in the middle of the, of the fix... Um, they they accidentally made the building sink more uh this this was unintended um and as the uh, as the ge geologist uh experts well, are saying like sometimes <laughs> the sand you don't want it to boof and it moves anyway yeah. you tell it not to and then yeah that rolls. Uh, so so then uh what happens is uh ron hamburger the the fixed designer ron uh, hamburger. Yeah, says, hey uh everything's fine uh, we, we we knew this was gonna happen totally uh we we knew this was gonna happen um <laughs> which by the way ron hamburger definitely not the name of someone that would be uh you know uh you know, one, one of them. How many predilections, yeah. you know? Yeah, one of those Wayfair yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead and go to the, uh, to the next one. Rod Wayfair Hamburg. <laughs> I, I got a I got a package in the mail, by the way, that uh that says uh Michael Christmas Deebs on it. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So I guess I'm supposed to wait until Christmas based on, on what it says, but I, I thought about my middle name being Christmas for a long time. I was like, you should, ah, no. Ah. Oh, that would be so funny with your last name. Actually, I'm not going <laughs> to dox you, but that's, that's really oh, good. It would be funny. <laughs> um, go, go ahead and uh, play, play this clip. <laughs> 
San Francisco's infamous sinking and tilting Millennium Tower. Our investigative unit has learned the outside firm hired to monitor the construction project <laughs> to fix the problem is no longer allowed to observe the work in person. The de facto ban comes after the monitor found problems with some of the drilling and excavation. Investigative reporter Jackson Vanderbecken has a story you'll see only on NBC Bay what? Area. Wow. Here at the Millennium Tower, a third test pile is being installed, more than 250 feet down to bedrock on Fremont Street, where the luxury high-rise is now leaning more than two feet at the top. During earlier testing, an independent expert, Dan Brown and Associates, was there to keep an eye on the work. Brown drafted reports like this one, which concluded new methods aimed at securing the deep foundation to keep the building from sinking further have not all worked to plan. Shortly after his last report, FIX designer Ron Hamburger told city officials the firm's on-site presence is no longer necessary, given the excellent results to date. In a November 30th letter... What? Cool. <clears throat> yeah, so the, cool uh, the, the, the construction company uh, had a, a third-party observer, um, not, not hired by the construction company, hired by the city, I believe, uh, basically there was, there was a third party overseeing the construction work, like, you know, just, just as like a, uh, a measure of like checks and balances, I guess, you know, it's good to have somebody that, that doesn't have skin in the construction game to, uh, to be overseeing this and going, Hey, um, we think the construction company is doing something bad. Like they're incentivized to find something bad, of course. Uh, but it's good to have people that are incentivized to ha to find something bad in this process. That's the entire point of inspections in general, uh, is is to be incentivized to find something bad and therefore to maintain the building standards that way. Um, so what what happened is uh, Dan Brown and Associates, the third party observer, uh, put out reports that were saying, "Hey, this uh, this process is not going according to plan, and we don't think that they're doing it the right way." And the construction company working on the fix said, uh, we've decided that we don't need Dan Brown and Associates on the site right. anymore. Um, <laughs> and, and the city has actually agreed to this, uh, which, which is, which oh, is where so the, the problem of like, uh, I don't know, maybe money and politics and uh, stuff uh, kind of rears its ugly head. Um, so, yeah, now, now there's no third party observer on site because they're they're banned from observing the site. Um not not nice. great uh i would say um but uh i think there's a little bit more to this clip if we want to run it through letter hamburger declared settlement <laughs> monitoring indicates that no additional settlement or tilting occurred as a result of this 24 inch pilot installation false. even though data released by the city shows the tower tilted another quarter inch in just four days when that first 24 inch support pile was installed which is alarming to geotechnical engineers like Bob Pike, a critic of the FIX project. Here is the data. This last leg here shows the rate of settlement during the installation of that first 24-inch pile. Uh, hamburger said no additional... Wait, so how many... How many? It was a quarter of an inch, right? Yeah, a quarter mm. of an inch of tilt and uh, two, two inches additional sinking uh, while they were drilling this test pile. So they, to, you put two feet of pile in, you lean two more inches. 
No, 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 no. You sink two more it, inches. It was, you it was sink two, two feet more inches. diameter and then like all the way down to bedrock. Oh, they actually got it all the way down to bedrock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it all the way down there, I guess. But uh, it's it sunk uh, another two inches in the process, which wasn't part of the plan. And they're lying about it because they're they're telling the city uh, there was no additional sinking when clearly there was another four degrees of tilt and not four degrees a uh, quarter inch Point. of tilt yeah. and um, two inches of sinkage. So. Um, and and now the the third party observer is no longer on the site because the city has agreed that yeah we don't need them anymore. Um, God bless. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> that bodes well for everyone. Uh, this this is why I'm convinced we're going to see this fucking building fall down at some point. Yeah. How how okay? <laughs> so at first I was thinking it would be pretty funny if we if it like just tilted over because of the jacks but how funny would it be if somehow it just the whole thing just fell straight down into the earth that would be just like I, into the core of not, the earth not only ideal but fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> it's like like when you demolish a building but yeah. It, it yeah or, or or when you fake like the twin towers uh, falling down and yeah exactly when it's pancaking <laughs> pancaking and not not in my twin towers uh, John we seem to have lost your camera are, are you okay over there uh yeah he's just he's just doing did, did your camera uh, you know. just die uh no my third party app thing oh. stopped working oh, okay. I just got to restart it. I think third party apps. All all hail the listener. Yeah. <laughs> um cool. Well, hard, hard to get you to do something on the uh if if we could play out the clip. Oh, looks like you're coming back. Settlement. Brown's follow-up report explains what might have happened. He says crews hit upon a layer of loose sand while drilling down near bedrock and inadvertently <laughs> sucked out more than five tons of material during the drilling process. They had to use quick? truckloads of extra... <laughs> that loose sand they're talking about is the, the uh, Kalima sand uh, <laughs> area. <laughs> uh, a thing, a thing we that we about. know about and a thing uh, uh, that, that a consistent... Well, feature of sand is that it's very inconsistent um so uh treating it like the sand is like just uh you know always going to be the same no matter where you're drilling is, is a mistake obviously um continue sorry makes me lose my mind a little bit after concrete grout to fill it all back in his report says the same thing happened two other times back in August, before fixed work was first halted as a precaution. None of those findings had been released publicly when the city okayed keeping Brown's firm off-site and having them only analyze daily drilling data provided to them. This is uh, not a proper review. Pike says Dan Brown's earlier critical reports are proof of the value of first-hand observation. I'm sorry, pause it. a situation it. like this, isn't Dan Brown the guy that wrote all those conspiracy books about the Vatican and shit? I think they may be different Dan Browns. No, 
no, no, no, right. no. This this <laughs> man is yes, this man is, Browns. <laughs> is envisioning patterns. This this tower is entirely safe. Well, nobody stopped Dan Brown. <laughs> well, nobody stopped Dan Brown. All right, sorry. Go on. <laughs> the reviewer needs to be on site and have full access to what's going on. Supervisor Aaron Peskin is skeptical of the decision to demand these things are real. Site role. <laughs> so bottom line is it's not okay. Uh, we wanted a third set of eyes and ears. The Department of Building Inspection came before the Board of Supervisors and said that they were there for the duration of the installation. Peskin says he'll take up the issue at a hearing set for January 6th. <laughs> NBC, Bay Area News. <sighs> Maybe it'll be another foot off plums. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, government. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so that's uh that's my the Millennium Tower is going to fall uh probably within our lifetimes and, and very shortly at that uh very cool segment of the podcast. John, I b- I believe the, the next set of links is yours actually. Uh yeah, because uh like uh like the whole thing about these like concrete foundations and how honestly this this uh skyscraper is probably made uh uh is with uh a couple of different techniques uh like there's reinforced concrete you know normal shit you throw rebar in a box and fill it with cement make it real hard it gives it that tensile strength that well, concrete they, they also by have itself like some, some new like reinforced concrete stuff that they're making where they take um essentially what's like steel splinters and they mm. mix it in with the concrete and it's like super reinforced concrete or something or some shit um hell yeah yeah well, it, I, I i love I it when we, we put more like weird aerosol things that could possibly <laughs> kill us in, in our building constructions <laughs> what's what's funny in addition is that that is what most concrete essentially is anyway is that it's it has it of vitrified um uh vitrified uh, minerals or else like sintered metal that's already kind of not aerosolized but but uh uh, mixed in with the the uh the limestone and so it's just like it's just layers and layers of the same tactic being used it's kind of interesting which is uh also great for the environment again reminder for everyone that um, concrete is actually the largest producer of carbon emissions on the planet and the second most used resource after water so that's cool (laughs) <laughs> which coincidentally it does use water and it's a process so it does that's probably <laughs> yeah. the only reason why it's the second yeah, right. most exactly. used, <laughs> second most used uh, <laughs> material <laughs> but uh there's a there's a couple of other uh techniques uh that they've uh come up with because uh one of the problems with uh putting rebar into the concrete is uh that uh the rebar only becomes most strong later on in the structure's life when the the bars get stretched by the weight of whatever the fuck you put on it because steel has a lot of tensile strength and like you talked about earlier it's steel or concrete has a lot of compression strength but not a lot of tensile strength and steel which is what rebar is made out of um has a lot of tensile strength to it so so you combine these two things the compression strength and then and then the the pull the tensile strength uh, on the rebar and it's like pfft, 
shit, this will stand for at least 10 years. <laughs> so, and to, to make, uh, and, but also, you know, the rebar has its limits and, you know, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Because we want to make crazier and crazier mega buildings and shit like that and mega structures. Uh, what can we do to make the steel have higher uh, uh, tensile strength uh, sooner? Uh, so what they do is they stretch the steel <laughs> before it's installed, either in what they call pre or post tension foundations, which it's just, do you do it when it's wet or do you do it when it, when it's kind of dry? But they're both, they both have very similar problems. I'm a dry like guy a, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I like it dry. <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, so I'm, mm. I'm also going to start with a, uh, with because this is in your homes too. It's not just skyscrapers. They yeah. decided to take this technology over to where people uh, live their lives. And uh, here's a realtor uh, oh, uh, uh, doing apologetics for, uh, uh, I'm guessing a luxury home, which most luxury homes are built like crap anyways. You know, I, I, I could tell the, by the fact that he doesn't have a proper like upper lip that he was going to be a, <laughs> a bad person to listen to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's going to, he's going to try to calm you down about, uh, you know, uh, a, a weird growth coming out of your house. And this is probably one of the most mild of failures of a of a uh, uh, post-tension foundation. Smizer with 1835 Realty. Wanted to show you something that in my 20 years of being in the business, I've never seen. That's because he doesn't work construction. This shit happens all the <laughs> yeah, time. No, this, before, this uh, we had a home. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen this before. <laughs> Under contract and during the home inspection, uh, the inspector found this and what this is is this is one of the post tension cables that is in the foundation it runs about every two feet these cables run the the width and the length of the house and what can happen is what we see here it actually has snapped now we're not 100 percent certain if it just came loose on the other side and and jostled out of here so again they've turned like a nine millimeter diameter cable steel cable yeah. into a rubber band yeah and they put it in your house. Great. And they in this one, they put them every two feet. Fucking <laughs> stupid as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this this is a construction <laughs> method that you don't even like really fucking need, honestly. Like not for a house unless you've got fucking a, yeah. like, you know, three tons of foundation for your crazy fucking like three story fucking 3,800 square foot fucking house. Yeah. Unless you're working with some kind of like cantilever house, which why would you do that? <laughs> Dude, I never mind. <laughs> Go ahead, John. <laughs> as a result of it or if it actually snapped in the middle and uh, has to be pulled out from both sides now you might think wow the foundation that's a big problem actually really not a big deal at all um, <laughs> what they are going to do is they will uh, go to the other side of the house and take away the concrete and take a look and see if it broke or just slid out of place uh, if it broke they'll slide both ends out and there's a sleeve it's inside of a sleeve so they can pull it out and just put a new one in 
And then they'll just do as if they were building a house. They'll tighten both sides. They take it up to about uh, a thousand uh, pounds of pressure on each side. And so they'll put the cable back into place and then they will of course deal cosmetically with the concrete. But the foundation right now is really not in any trouble. Uh, it's not gonna be in any trouble once they do the repair, everything will be good. Uh, this is one of the things, this is a builder home. It's really not all that, not that old and is actually covered by the builder's warranty. So that is a, uh, uh, a tension cable that has busted out and uh, actually this was pretty minor and we don't suspect that it was actually a clean break we think it might have just come loose on the other side because if it were to actually break most of them come out with such force and with a whole lot more cable that it actually blows chunks of it out but this and goes flying amazing yeah. and and this if is it... again not not a feature that needs to be installed in the house no and it flying straight out and only, you know, maybe like fucking like killing your neighbor, fucking mowing their yard, uh, the fucking house behind you. Well, uh, who, who likes they, their neighbors anyways? Yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck I've you. never spoken to him, but I killed him with my uh, giant metal rubber band. <laughs> Thankfully, the construction company had to take liability for it. <laughs> So for, for some god awful reason, uh, because I think because they were, you know, scared of them. Yeah. They used to only take a few instead of every two feet, but instead of pulling it straight, they would they would weave it through the foundation like caddy corner. That's gotta be worse. <laughs> well, that that those were the ones that would pop straight up out of the foundation and yeah. like dismember people when they would snap. Jesus Amazing. Christ. Yeah. Now they only shoot out like a cannon. Good, good yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we but... like to externalize our our, <laughs> our internal problems. <laughs> now, let's, uh, let's watch a house uh, that had one of those uh, woven uh, fucking yeah, ones. Let's, let's watch that. And oh, this guy... oh, it's an actual failure in motion. That's great. <laughs> Oh the, well, yeah. So this one, this one is a a a, a foundation repairman. I'm I believe uh, uh, surveying uh, a job that he's got to try to fix now. Oh, I was hoping we were going to see like one fail and like watch it lacerate everything around it, but <laughs> this I, is I, cool I, too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, this is that uh, you know oh if it had been major you know like this hey, this is what a, that is about a thirty year old house in Rowlett which is built with post tension cable rather than rebar or piers and here's right. do you have this turned down evidence on the outside oh yeah uh, oh yeah it the is foundation has <laughs> definitely failed jesus christ yeah. look over here the other side you can see the exposed post-tension cable we're looking at a brick house right now it's where everything is just <laughs> yeah it's falling apart of the seams and, yeah. and things are all misaligned it's a really kind of curious spooky <laughs> spooky thing to see yeah um, and like how, how old like if he hadn't have told you how old uh uh this uh this house is uh like seeing how dilapidated this house looks so far what would you age it at dorian god i i don't know man i mean based 
based on that, maybe built in the sixties, yeah. <laughs> like with, not, with not shit snapping together, <laughs> no. snapping apart, but no. Yeah. Um, I, I have a sucks. client who lives in a 125 year old house built on sticks built the way god mm. intended <laughs> right and it's not fucking leaning yeah or yeah. falling apart <laughs> well i mean that's that that's kind of the thing is that it's um uh newer construction methods that are more cost effective uh seem not as good well, this post-tension <laughs> thing, th- th- this was supposed to keep your foundation from cracking. That's what this technology is for. Cause, cause Didn't that, engineers think of this? Is that the problem? I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. so, so, like, if a little pocket of sand or dirt underneath your house gets, you know, uh, scooped out by water, that these cables are supposed to allow your foundation to settle into that gap without your house falling down but this is what happens instead a lot yeah, of times may or may not have been stretched but in theory this type of foundation this slab will move uniformly <laughs> however however oh, Oh, oh Jesus Christ! That, there, yeah. there Big ass crack in the ground. Yeah. Massive crack down in the middle, corner to oh, corner through their kitchen. Go back about like three uh, inches. I don't know, ten seconds. Back back to the beginning when we were looking at the crack. Oh, uh, that was no, no, no. It's it's back. Oh, it's back. Back. You're you're, you're jumping forward. Yeah. All right. Okay. Stop right there. Oh, oh. beautiful. Keep playing. Oh, and then and then uh, pause right here. They they had to put ce- that that ceiling foam, not not ceiling as in the roof above right. you, but like, ceiling like foam expanding as in, silicone. Yeah, yeah. They, the the expanding foam. They had to put ceiling foam in their fucking cabinets. It looks like because they That's so funny. they probably before <laughs> this whole thing started cracking, they probably had like weird separations in their cabinets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Things probably just like everything probably just like started falling apart and they probably just thought it was like shoddy craftsmanship on, on their uh finished carpenters and well, stuff that, like that's, that. That's what I the, that's what I was saying about like the, the person that lives at the top floor of the Millennium Tower. Like that that two fucking feet of lean like means like they have to like any round object they try to put down on a table, they they can't do that anymore. They have to like have little blocks in place for it. And and this is like a smaller scale thing where it's like this foundation is like buckling under its own stupid shit. Uh so well, like everything inside it, is like bowing and moving and and uh like things are probably like coming off of the walls a little bit or like separating from the ground. Like it, it well these and it, it suicided God. itself yeah because like so like like this crack right here like uh yeah so like <laughs> if you follow this crack i bet you if you went to the exterior of the foundation and you just dug this crack out it would be the cable yeah no no no, without a doubt so yeah because it, it is, it is just in, right yeah the, the a lot of these like 30 year old houses that have it it has like this weird net yeah and god forbid you actually like cut one no. Like, cause you want to, cause you want to do a bathroom renovation or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's such a bad idea. Jeez. Yeah. Continue playing this series. This is 
fascinating. Here. Down in the middle, about three inches. And it heaved back up. Oh, good no. Another four inches. Carpet's been pulled back. Holy <laughs> Jesus. Pause right there. Huge crack on the other side of the house. Like, goes all the way through. Go, you can go see back part to of it lifting. Level. <laughs> That's so good. That level is like floating off it's of the fl yeah. fucking ground on both sides. Holy Levitating shit. level. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we we have we have both sides of it, not just one that are lifting up. Um, yeah. it's really it's pretty remarkable. Which which means I mean that's that's confusing to me and really funny. No, it's not confusing anymore. I thought about it for just a second. Yeah, that's that's like uh, the center of where the cable is, right? Well, no, I I was just thinking about like so the it's pretty flat on the other side where the other crack is. Oh, right. And right. so there's the, there's a crack on either end and it's lifting here so that they're kind of like meeting together like a volcano. Yeah. To some degree, like it's way more extreme on 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 uh, oh, the right side it looks like. It's like plate tectonic simulation. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, but I was like, why the fuck what how are they both angled like that if it's so flat on mm. the other end? And it's like, no, the whole thing is just at an angle now. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> so so like on a on the larger scale with the larger mega buildings that used to have this interwoven uh, mm. pattern in them where like you see this like this bow up uh in these like in these big these big foundations they used to do like uh uh they're they're thicker diameter cables and uh they're under even more fucking tension than just a thousand pounds i think that they go up to like six or something like mm -hmm. that but those were the ones like this one is trying to pop out of the foundation, but I guess luckily this is just a residential foundation and it was only under a thousand pounds and it did right. not explode out of the foundation while somebody was standing on it. So how'd your grandpa die? Uh, the floor <laughs> reached out to stab him. <laughs> this is love. Honestly, like in a certain sense, like where, where you're, <laughs> Your house just devours you on accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the unthinking a... cyclopean uh, <laughs> network of of wires underneath my house has decided to destroy me today. It's the, the alternate ending to the ranch in the walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's keep rolling this. This is fucking amazing. It's cracked in the slab. Oh, God. This is just one example of how post-tension cables do indeed fail. And fail quite miserably at that. <laughs> the, the, the crack in the floor is, is probably like three quarters of an inch wide. Yeah, and, and maybe, there's, there's, maybe like, well, there's like almost it's a huge. whole inch of lift there. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, he said four inches in some places. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, four inches yeah. makes sense because that's like uh, it's only, the, it's standard, only the standard foundation. <laughs> the standard foundation pour is like eight inches, I think. Uh, uh. So, so like literally half of the foundation of difference uh, there in, the, in that, that, uh, that pour. Very cool, guys. 
for for the listener, like the crack in the floor in at some of in some of these places, you could probably drop your cell phone down. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, easily. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you you think that space next to your uh, next to your seat in the car is bad? This, yeah. this is gonna this thing's gonna <laughs> you eat your kids. You gotta get a fucking you gotta get a a fucking uh, concrete saw to get yourself yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right cool go go cool. to your next thing yeah yeah i think yeah. It, i think that i think that was about it this yeah, guy's I mean, very this, this actual white guy who has to deal with these problems uh, uh which and uh generally most like especially service construction people that i know like generally try to leave their customers with something safe to live in yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> most people I know aren't manslaughterers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're not it, the well, engineer well, that designed your, your house. insurance premiums, so <laughs> you don't want that. All right, let's what's, see. What, what's our next nightmare? So the next nightmare, of course, is a uh, is a uh, bridge. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Oh yes, a first of its kind pedestrian bridge that swings into place so they they built this <laughs> they built this bridge this 174 foot bridge uh which is basically just a giant truss <laughs> for some reason uh they wheeled it in on cranes and fucking dollies and just like set it on some pylons i guess but it's cool because it's all made with post tension uh foundations and not just <laughs> not just ones that go up and down the columns but uh let me zoom in enhance <laughs> it, you, you see all these little knobs yeah mm-hmm. those are all post tension relief cables this knob that's a little lower runs through this strut to the top of the truss where there's two post tension release relief cables in it and each one of these struts on the truss has diagonal post-tension relief cables in them. So, but go ahead. Um, th- this is where I'll plug. Uh, well, there's your problem again. Um, they they actually did a deep dive specifically on this bridge, and something that needs to be noted is all of those trusses are aesthetically different than each other so so like so so the the closer ones i, I believe are are more at like a, a a real triangle angle and then you have like an obtuse triangle that that like keeps on playing oh, right. out over the course of it so um oh yeah i thought and, that was just an angle thing yeah that's wild no yeah, and this no one, the, the... It, 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 it's it's built into it where where it looks asymmetrical essentially um and uh, they they go into it on their episode on this a lot. Um, the the other reason that they built it this way is because they didn't want to shut down traffic. So like, all right, how can we build this without shutting down traffic? Oh, we'll just put it on these stupid fucking uh, lift things while we're building it. Um, and and then Whoa. like the 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 like what what ends up happening here. Um, is is you have all these these post tension uh, foundation structures, and uh, they they calculated it for when it was fully built. 
and they didn't calculate it for when it was during construction. Uh, but go on. Yes, and this uh, this like opposing this big large opposing angle like to the other ones. Yeah. Uh, this one has two uh, tension cables in it that are pulling in different directions. That's why there's a nub here, and then there's another nub or two nubs up top right. with uh, hidden anchors in there. So they're pulling against each other in different directions. Uh, and actually, the side that we're looking on uh, started to have some minor to major cracking in it. <laughs> I was like, My minor cracking? I've seen pictures of this before. <laughs> and the way that this bridge was designed was that anytime you need it to maintenance it, you could just attach it to a crane and lift it off like a fucking pot lid. <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> that's realistic. So that's, that's how real life works. Is you just <laughs> You just put a crane on it. <laughs> And then guys would be on top of it and they could fucking adjust the cables theoretically. Can I also go into the reason why this bridge was built in the first place was because um, there, there's a university near there. I forget which university it is. Just invariably uh, a, the worst thing for like a town is having a university causing weird construction projects. It's right. fucking evil. So, <laughs> so, so there's a university <laughs> there and they needed more housing for the university. So they built housing mm -hmm. on the other side of this giant like nine or it's eight or I think it's nine actually. It's like more lanes one way than the other. Um but it's like a, a nine lane road between the new student housing and the university. And they're like, oh man, we're gonna have like drunk students trying to cross this nine lane road uh, and they're gonna get fucking killed all the time. So we need to make a, a fucking footbridge over this thing. Um so so they basically made this bridge because uh the expansion didn't like I don't know, work, work out the way it should have. <laughs> well, so, so, so yeah, it's just a bad reason to build a bridge in the first place. Like you should have planned things out better. Maybe, maybe well, so don't we're, have nine lane roads next to a university. It, it, well, it, exactly. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, so, so the real villain here is the villain that we always see in terms of city planning, which is that everything is developed around fucking cars. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No public <laughs> Sorry, John, transport. What was cars. It? And and it, it's it's this weird like gross efficiency thing because like the whole point of this bridge was that you could only shut down one of the nine lanes for a crane, yeah. and then traffic can keep flowing while this crane is semi suspended by or this bridge is semi suspended by a crane with awesome. dudes with tools so big that they need a separate crane <laughs> right. to then bring in the tool yeah. that they need to serve yeah. It, got, it's gotta, just gotta, nuts. yeah. <laughs> gotta crane in my grader machine. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. I'm I'm also gonna say that like modular. I mean, the the obsession with modularity in in like most sectors of of life is is already irritating enough. But but modular buildings are the such a fucking nightmare. Just the idea that you can build something so that you can just easily just lift a little something up and then that way you can do whatever you want to it or I, I consider, you know these things snap together it's yeah I, I consider these things the ikea furniture buildings right well, exactly yeah 
exactly um, and and so you get things like uh i don't know insert uh cam a into slot b and then and then you get like a dowel that's supposed to go into cam a yeah and then you just like turn your wrench a couple of times and like oh cool it fits and and like yeah that's fine for a computer desk but it's probably not fine when you're building something that like i don't know is support yeah. supposed to support like lots of people walking on it and it's also over I, like a, a very active uh, highway yeah i lived in, in an apartment complex that was essentially exactly that for uh i don't know not not that long thankfully but it was it was just like metal grading catwalks that snapped together and then essentially uh plastic literally plastic um uh carpentry uh that was mounted into like shipping containers yeah and holy shit what a fucking nightmare and everything was broken all the time <laughs> electrical would go out and stuff and of course it made it be you could you could easily get to everything because you just snap snap two things <laughs> off of one another but then you had to be doing it all it was just it was it was and, very and that cool. kind of comes down to cheap construction right yeah exactly it's stacking a bunch of shipping containers on on top of each other is very cheap and um it turns out that doing things cheaply has a cost uh, yeah. also doing things where you don't have to shut down like what what is essentially like an economic thoroughfare uh in, in the case of this bridge uh so you're kind of like mitigating cost by not having to shut down all of the road to build this bridge properly uh you're building a modular bridge that can be pieced in together um and and we're we're going to find out that it that it goes badly. Uh, so go ahead, John. Fucking Sorry. Legos. Yeah. And uh, so this uh, this uh, uh, I guess vanity project uh, uh, thought up by act, not even like like engineers working in the construction field, but academics. Yeah, because, like, because the, like, uh, the university engineers has, has made like a, this bridge. The university has a has an engineering department, and and they're like famous for for their like architectural engineers, I, I believe. Yeah, um, which like I like I was hooking up transformers for a uh, a research laboratory, and they wanted me to hook up the transformers to uh different types of systems and i told them that this could be potentially dangerous and at the very least will decrease the lifespan of the transformers and when transformers reach the end of their life they best case up. scenario well yeah <laughs> they blow up best case scenario they gently blow up and stop working worst case scenario they blow up at fucking the uh like uh i think it's like the they have the energy of the sun within a meter of them yeah no you know? i was, I was oh, gonna yeah. say they're, they're lightning potential essentially um yeah imagine and they a have lightning more... strike in the middle of your building when this transformer blows up that's that's what happens yeah uh but let's check in with the bridge yeah. uh what it's what 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 it, how'd this what bridge is... go <laughs> 
The dramatic collapse in March of 2018 killed six people at Florida International <laughs> University. Today, the NTSB revealed these stunning images of cracks engineers say were 40 times oh. larger than what's uh, accepted. Pause anywhere here. You guys almost got a spit take out of me there. Yeah, no, um, I was prepared for that, thankfully. Um, so, so you have cracks in in this uh, foundation for for the listener. Uh, what we saw was rolling cam footage uh, of a vehicle uh, rolling up to the bridge and watching it fall down on a bunch of cars, just um, like plop. Like, yeah, no, just... it, ha- it happens. In a, it happens in the blink of an eye, which is yeah. again why I said I get nervous anytime I drive anywhere near like fucking uh, cranes because I'm like I-, I could just fucking die at any moment. And I, right. I I don't have and, any choice in that. And not just in a blink of an eye, but but just literally the whole fucking thing just drops. Yeah, like not not. Yeah. Oh man, the center of the yeah. bridge fell, cool. and then the rest followed. It's just the whole fucking thing just yeah down. It, it, the, yeah. The... There, the, there's the no crane, cascade. The, <laughs> the, the, the crane didn't fail, though. No, it's not the crane that failed. Uh, it's, no. it's the foundation that failed. And, yeah. and the oh, image yeah, we're yeah. looking at now... Uh, is uh, a big crack. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the, the great thing about these tension cables is that you can chip them out and adjust them as necessary. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, so, so the image we're looking crew. at now is a, a giant. Uh, I mean, it's it kind of kind of the same as the last video we watched, where where there's got to be at least like four inches of of difference between those concrete uh, uh, elevations, and then the crack is so big that you know those. Uh, uh, I mean, this is common for people who've worked it's, in construction, but those wooden like fold out uh, rulers, uh, this person has been able to stick one in all the way down to four inches in the middle of this crack. So yeah, those are it's, like, it's a, like quarter a cartoon inch. earthquake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. rulers are like a quarter inch thick. So, so you have a quarter inch fucking gap uh, that's, that's raised up, you know, four inches. Um and and you're just able to stick the ruler in it like that's that's fucking insane <laughs> this is before also, it fell and and you know the reports were <laughs> the reports were that yeah. uh like hey we've got some fucking problems here that we should probably deal with and then yeah. everyone was like no nah, the engineers say it's okay and we can fix it in post-production essentially yeah and the the, the chiron is it a Chiron if it's not moving I don't know. yeah uh, uh, but uh down, like d- down at the bottom for this newscast the warning signs missed and it's like no they're not missed we're looking at one <laughs> this is this, this ignored yeah, ignored ignored is the word ignored. which which you know going back to to the millennium building you know like i like i talked about <laughs> what, what you have is is people trying to uh warn the state that hey something's fucked up with this construction and the state's like no we yeah. really want this project to go through um so so we're we're not going to listen to you Um, how could we have known yeah how how could we have known and and this is what happens whenever you financialize a project to the to the city uh, and you you get the city involved in something that has you know like financial interests behind it um which the university is a financial interest sorry academia yeah i mean yeah well (laughs) and and, and the, the universities sell these technologies 
Yeah. yeah I, I mean, even, even worse than the technologies is, is that most universities, they really get, I, I don't know if it's the majority of, but it, it's a huge portion and certainly the majority for a lot of these institutions of their money off of real estate. It's yep. literally just, we want to own a bunch of buildings in the area, whether or not it seems like they own them. They own the, all the property that the businesses are, they own cities essentially. And, yeah. and so they of course end up building and owning infrastructure around it. And so they want to have like more rapid movement within that and, and, yeah. and all of this, which is like ID on, on one end, maybe a, a, um, um, quality of life improvement in, in some way, but on the other end, uh, killing six people. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or your electrical system is like fucking weird and backwards and thought up in some nerds fucking fever dream when like the rest of the yeah. fucking like country and all the rest of the people that know how to fix your system, your electrical systems, do it in a different way right that's that's something that you were starting to say before and then we kind of we we went off in a different direction suddenly but but what you were saying about the transformers uh, bringing up the transformers because of the fact that you're having this disagreement with people who have only known a lot of this engineering stuff in theory right and and that's the problem not just in engineering but in things like politics uh, and in uh, all sorts of different like extremely important policy applying to all sorts of, of, of people as in everyone is that the world is run uh, by people who have only ever done things in practice because they're managerial or not yeah. in practice, sorry, in theory, because yeah. they're managerial. Right. Whereas all the people that know what they're fucking doing don't enter into those slots because again, because of things like university systems and the way that we end up credentializing people, it's, you do, of course, see people like move up, yada, yada, yada. But far more often in most sectors of the world, it seems like you get a couple degrees and then an internship that your dad got you. And then you get to be the boss over here. So yeah. it's not about the experience. The experience applies to some degree, but it's such a it's a it's marginal. Um, it, it, yeah. It's so not we're, that, it's the not that you just run by nerds and it sucks. It's, it's yeah. not that you move up in those circumstances. It's that right. you start up. You move in. Yeah. 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 You move in, <laughs> uh, but you're up. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, like, uh, so we, we as, a as, a as the electricians on the project, we really didn't feel comfortable. We did our own research and we explained to them, like, you know, one of these systems runs hotter than the other. So, you know, because of, you know, manufacturing scrim, well, you know, many the, they, they engineer the different types of transformers exactly to what their parameters are. And they tell you that will make it last, you know, 30 to 80 years, you know, if it's, if it's under these temp, these optimal temperatures, these optimal systems and stuff like that. But this research, it was a university research uh, building. Uh, they had their own rules their own they didn't have to follow the same code right. that everybody else does so to get us to do it they got us on the phone with an electrical engineer who worked for the university to tell us oh it's not like the they're going to blow up when you like hook them up together and the and the the harmonics 
aren't going to be affected that much either. And it's like, I don't care about the harmonics. I care about this one runs, you know, 15% hotter than the other. And the other one is only designed, it's not designed to run that much hotter, you know? So it's going to, it might fucking melt, you know? Because the insulation that they put in it is only for the temperatures that it's rated for, but they don't care. And, and also, and, these are the same people that couldn't de- design a motor control control bank that we offered to design for them. We're like, we can totally design these motor controls for you. They're like, uh, no, we don't think you guys are qualified. And we're like, <laughs> we're like oh, okay, whatever. And they made a motor control console that was overheating in the lab. Some of our colleagues that were at their other lab where they designed it were like that thing's gonna light on fire and they're like shut up you don't know what you're talking about they brought it out there and it lit on fire when they plugged it actually plugged it into stuff and we fixed it in three minutes but (laughs) they couldn't figure it out for three weeks but whatever another problem with how engineers operate uh in my experience is they are working with a standardized set of numbers, right? So you can have a piece of equipment that, you know, you've got a standardized weight for, a standardized, like, power draw for um, whatever, uh, but but there's going to be material differences between, like, pieces of equipment, construction, um, you know, whether or not you got, like, a good batch of concrete or a good a set of steel, uh, you know, cables um, is going to, whenever you make something build big enough, uh, you're going to run into like differentiations between like, Hey, uh, such and such company says that we can make a steel cable that has a tensile strength of X. Right. And if they happen to get like a bad set of steel on their end and they make a steel cable that can actually only handle you know, X minus one that throws off the whole fucking calculation. Um, so, so, you know, you, you, the engineers make these plans and these plans don't always actually fit like the material conditions of what exists. And so when you, when you have things like, like transformers, um, sometimes you'll get good transformers and, 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 you know, think, think about like, like how warranties work and, and how, um, you know, some sometimes, you know, when when you buy something, right? Uh, look at the reviews of it. Some people will say, "Hey, this this part uh, broke on me within a week," or "This part has lasted me five years, and I'm happy with it." Um, there are material differences that happen in in the in these pieces of of, of equipment and these materials, whatever. Um, so. That that's the problem with why you know in, in engineers say, oh no, the the way we've uh, planned this out, it'll work perfectly. Well, we're not living in a perfect world, unfortunately. We're we're living in a world that has like actual like problems and flaws and differentiations. Uh, even if you have like a really renowned uh, manufacturer of something, that that part that piece could be different than another piece it could be a bad batch uh, these things happen and, when, and yeah. when you build when something you're... at the scale you're you're running into more issues of bad batches like being that much more problematic well because if you if it's a bad batch and you're building a, a fucking uh 1500 million pound building 
you might have gotten all of the batch. Yeah, no, it didn't, exactly. It didn't, yeah. It, it, that, that bad batch didn't get sent all across the country. That bad batch was sent to your project. Yeah. Yeah. But Roll let's, it out. let's uh, continue. Yeah. <laughs> the bolt. Oversight of the project, like the bridge itself, collapsed. The NTSB chairman says the cracks seen days before the collapse should have prompted contractors and <laughs> FIU to close the road and that the Florida Department of Transportation oh. should have done more. Well, I don't think I've ever seen one where there's more finger pointing. Today, the university said in part FIU is committed to transparency and accountability. The bridge's designer denied responsibility, saying that a failure in the construction process was the fundamental cause of the collapse. The state called the accident absolutely heartbreaking, saying it had already tightened regulations to close public roads whenever there is a risk to life, health, or safety. It makes you angry. But for the family of 18-year-old Alexa Duran, who died in the collapse, today's report... I'm sorry about your family, but we're talking about buildings right now. Yeah. Let's move but, on. <laughs> so the uh, the we'll, we'll we'll find out later the the uh, the uh, construction process uh, and uh, how it changed um, that they think might have contributed to it. Uh, oh, which yeah. Is, which uh, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. So and in fact, there was an engineer that had left a voicemail warning them about what was going on two of days course. before it, before it happened. But apparently either it was ignored. Well, they claim they didn't get the voicemail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, all of our whistleblower voicemails go into the garbage. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, the, excuse the was that it said we don't listen to those. <laughs> yeah, no. And like in this article, I believe it, they, they're like excuse was like, Oh, it was a landline. And the person who was responsible for that landline was out of town on a project or some bullshit. <laughs> it was a, it was a landline that we had and uh, the foundation beneath it ended up uh, snapping and crumbling <laughs> into the earth. So, uh, so here is a, uh, uh, the world's of... worst dildo. I couldn't figure if I <laughs> say best or not. Well, it's a, it's somebody that's kind of done a deep dive into this bridge. Uh, and they actually give a pretty good example of, uh, like what happens at a smaller scale, uh, mm -hmm. to these, uh, tension cables, uh, for the listener, uh, he's got a hydraulic press that he's put a piece of steel all thread through. That's and, what I said. Yeah. And, and, and what? That's what I said. Not what he said. <laughs> Go no, on. It's a dildo joke again. Sorry. <laughs> and he's now going to stretch that all thread uh, and show you basically what happens when it snaps. Uh, got the cylinder extended. It's pulling on the rod. We're at 200 psi, so fuck all in a big ship. This thing will do nominally 10,000 psi. I got a, made a couple special modifications myself, so it'll actually do 12,000 psi, which is about eight kilometers down Mariana's trench. Pretty deep, say five miles. Lots and lots of pressure. This thing will kill you right dead, quick, fast, in a hurry if and you're not careful. Really well, don't want to get killed by this fucking thing. <laughs> What's oh, that? No, I love I just this guy. Said <laughs> <laughs> I like oh how God. he has this fucking shit like propped up on a box and <laughs> oh, yeah. that's how you know that's that's how you know he knows what he's doing. Yeah, the, this is real engineering. Everything, shit. everything's sitting on the, the 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 like clean wipe box. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't uh, engineer a special table that fails thirty yeah. <laughs> percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, well, this works. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> lean in close and careful, real listenly. This is going to be important. We loaded this super quick, about one second, 200 milliseconds in the delineation. There's, yeah, so roughly one second. We can see each pulse of the pump and we are straining it. We're putting a lot of force on it and then the force levels off, the pressure levels off. This level off area is going to be very important in the... And so the, this hydraulic press is simulating the tool that they use to stretch these cables uh -huh. and adjust them. Uh, and he's showing a graph where it's it's uh, showing the level of a uh, of tension on it until it just suddenly suddenly drops. It just it kind of levels out and then uh, suddenly loses all of its structural integrity. Be uh, because it shears, I, maybe is is that what happens? One, one really important thing about about the image that we're also seeing here is that it says, uh, "You touch my scope and you die, scum." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can we give this guy a shout out? What, what is this? You, die, scum. you touch uh, my scope. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can we give this guy a I, shout out? Who is this guy? Uh, on this, YouTube, uh, Ave. Ave. This guy, yeah. I, I love him. I want to be his friend. What you, right. what you got here? Oh, oh. Uh, commenting uh, under the Benzo Rehab Dungeon official account. <laughs> well, now we're never going to be this guy's friend. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Commenting cool. on live. There you go. Um, anyway, so it, it there's a graph that says it snaps because eventually it snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Be because yeah basically, the pressure yeah. becomes that, too much. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's, a, it's actually kind of kind of silly like because it's obvious you know but that it i mean that's, that's physics something. for you <laughs> yeah you know things break eventually i'm gonna skip ahead so they bit. do and uh yeah he's got a slow-mo here oh, hell yeah, yeah. That's, that's not good for his own folks i want to watch the slow-mo here's the slow speed one i wanted to show you super salient point here when the rod fails when the rod fails it comes fucking whipping out of there yeah, <laughs> we go back to the fucking failure. <laughs> fucking, is he Canadian? Is that what I think so? Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think it might be Canadian. <laughs> this guy rules. Yeah. Oh, he, he might just be. Up. I mean, he he uh, he did say meters, which makes me think he's Canadian. But then I think he could just be a New Englander. He could, and he he seems like some kind of black pilled engineer yeah. or a like i said i love her but yeah, just no, like he, red he, engineering he, he, he books seems cool. yeah. yeah but uh so actually we paused He's in the my, perfect the perfect place so you see this blue thing right here that's, he's he's yep. circling a blue thing on the screen. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's that's the hydraulic uh, ram that was pulling on oh, that cable. Man, oh, they got the hydraulic nice. ram pulling on the cable again. That that was on the bridge. So you see how far away from the the uh, the node that the cable is supposed to be in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. 
They pulled, so they pulled that out, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, it exploded out, which that's also why there's no bodies, because there was a crew of four people on that machine. And they're not on the top of the bridge. And this is like this is like minutes after the crash happened when this picture was taken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first responders are just running onto the scene as this uh, uh, image was taken. And the crew is gone. Right. They, they've yeah, been, like, they've been like, launched into the air. Um, All right. I I, th- I think there was six like vehicular deaths, but there was there was a couple more like crew deaths as well. Um, yes. Yes. The, because everybody anyone on the who crew was standing died. on that bridge basically fucking died because they they fell like twenty feet um, onto a thing that was like buckling and and fucking destroying itself essentially. Yeah. Well, so the uh, sandwich, those uh, those residential cables, uh, the well, the rods that are similar to these the, these big thick ones, when they go shooting out, uh, they reach the velocity. Getting hit with them is like getting hit with the velocity of like seven smart cars. Nice, yeah. The, which is how many real cars? <laughs> I, like like th- like three. <laughs> you, you know, I I I, ha- I have an uncle who who worked in the logging industry for a long time, and um, you know, they used to do logging operations downhill, and what they would have to do is they would have to hitch these logs onto these big like uh, steel cables and stuff to pull them up the the side of the hill, um. And and one of those steel cables broke and he was actually pretty far away from it. But like the tail or not the tail end of it, but like some portion of it, like kind of whipped him across the stomach and uh, he nearly died and was in, uh, you know, the hospital for for almost a year, I think, uh, according to my recollection of things. Um when when something busts under tension and like whips you, like it 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 can tear you in half unless you're like yeah. extremely lucky. Well, I mean, it's it's all of the like kinetic uh, energy that's been sitting in that thing for forever yeah. is suddenly released into your stupid fucking body. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's incredible. Like in in a very concentrated space. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, what else we got? I'm actually surprised this thing isn't covered in blood. Yeah. The rod is dangling in midair with the cylinder still attached. So you say to me, well, maybe the concrete broke and it came flying out of there. But if the concrete truss section breaks, it crushes, mangles up that steel, something fierce. It gets stuck in there. It doesn't come flying out. Well, so you say to me, well, maybe somebody pulled it out after the fact. Well, if it's mangled up, it ain't coming out of that hole. Now, I had a goodly look at all the footage, and there is none <laughs> of the blisters with the pretensioner, uh, the PT rods. None of the rods have come out. So there we go. The rod breaking is the straw what broke the camel's back. Now, the thing is, why did the rod break? You always got to ask yourself why. So now we know why the final collapse took math shit. And, and can oh, we yeah. look at the uh, the top right there just real quick? That's, yeah. that's how the fucking uh, trusses were built. It's uh, a bizarre construction. Just what just to fuck? be asymmetrical, they built them that way. It's it's fucking asinine. Doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. It's it. It was all aesthetic. 
Um, and if they maybe like built a regular truss bridge, this wouldn't have happened. But they wanted all the angles to be like weird and obtuse. Is that's actually why they did it? They did it for yeah, no, for no, the no. Look? It, it was all that's strictly, insane. strictly like an aesthetic. Yeah. Would, we we don't which want is so funny everything. because it's it it makes it uglier too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's a very new, ugly bridge. New architecturalism. Um, and, oh, and right. you can, uh, yeah, that. you can see in that drawing too. All the angles yeah. are fucking different. It's it's Weird. insane. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that has no uh, carryover into the way that like forces uh, also is is, is kind of equalized. If you um, look at if you look at the sketch, and if you remember the bridge, uh, this extra column here, uh, they were they were pulling on this cable right here. Yep. This mm-hmm. this extra column here that is in the picture. There's a, a one column right next to the other. They the it turns out the engineer put that column on fucking garbage ground. Nice. Basically, ground that cannot be built on. So real quick in the middle of the project, that engineer blaming you know construction uh, uh, procedures on yep. the uh, on the damage. Well, it was an engineer that did the math that day to keep the construction rolling, and they moved that pillar over here between these two lines that he's marked on the paper. Yeah, and, and it was a change. <laughs> because, like I said, uh, they, they didn't do the engineering for, like, the various stages of construction. They did the engineering for the final construction, and uh, the the stage at of construction that they were at they were like oh okay we need to move this pillar over here so that like it puts the proper tension on these things uh they were kind of just like flying with it uh, essentially um and and that turned out to to not work yeah and also there was a there was a cement barrier already existing a lane delineator so it would have made it would have made the space between these two columns an, an impassable lane that nobody could fit through. Right. So, so they failed in in not closing down the streets, and then they closed down the streets for 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 a long time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here's an example of a. Uh, this is a a pre tension relief cable uh, uh, busting, which basically they make a frame of cement, set the rods, tension them, and then pour wet cement on it. That's- but uh, oh, man, we'll we'll watch one uh, one pop in the middle of new construction. Yo, you hear it rattling? <laughs> oh God! Some camera noises. <laughs> hey, here it goes. Yeah, love to be around that. Some tremors, shit. (laughs) Yeah, and honestly, like they were standing too close because it could have popped the other way too. Yeah, no, they're they're incredibly lucky. Yeah, because as they're like, there it goes. Like it could have popped in the other direction. Yeah, (laughs) doing it for the gram. All right, no. so um, we, we don't actually need to look at this, so so it's fine that uh, we, we've been 
paywall by the New York Times. Thank you. The 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 paper of record. Yeah, that we're not able to read. <laughs> uh, so so we looked at this article before, and it's the downside to life in a super tall tower, leaks, creaks, and breaks. Um, leaks, creaks, and breaks. You yeah. always pronounce it wrong. <laughs> I, I, I think they wanted it to be that that. Lakes, creaks, and breaks. Creaks and breaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> does, does, it works on paper because it's got all the same, uh, the same uh, uh, vowels and consonants uh, mostly. But um, well, yeah. yeah, it's actually it's written in mi- Middle English, is what it is. There we go. It's yeah. the down cedar to leaf in the super tall tower. Lakes, creaks, breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is about 432 Park Avenue, which which is kind of a development uh, nightmare. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a super tall residential space that was built in New York City. Uh, hasn't seen the action that it probably wants to. Um, lots of problems with it. Um Go ahead and go to the next link because because there there's been there's been more uh since since we last talked about it. Um so so 432 Park Avenue. Go go ahead and go back up there, John. Uh you'll notice these two-story rings that are just like fully lit up every so often in in the building. And that's because those are mechanical areas uh to support the building. So uh, a lot of this building is actually just mechanical area. Um, but uh, go ahead and go down to the body now of the uh, the article. Uh, so embattled billionaire skyscraper developer sued for shoddy construction. Uh, the condo board at 432 Park Avenue in New York alleges more than 1,500 design and development flaws. Um, so, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, you, you might recognize 1500 design flaws as, as a lot of design flaws um so so there's an active legal case uh it started in september 27th um go go ahead and go to the next link because because this is what i love about buildings like this um which which is that the people that stand to make money off of the building are saying it's actually okay uh, 432 Park Avenue is doing just fine, thanks. Agents say condos board, condo boards, $250 million lawsuit hasn't curtailed interest from ultra-rich buyers. Um, y- you can read this article for yourselves. Basically, it goes into... Hey, we still sold some of these apartments, uh, and and then like success. Yeah, it, it conveniently ignores that like a lot of these apartments aren't being sold. Um, it, it says something like, "Hey, this this lawsuit that's happening, only good can come of it because you know if if the council board wins, then you know the building will be improved. Uh, we'll, we'll get money for improvements, so that's good." Um. If it doesn't win, then that means it's fine and you don't need to worry about it. I I just have one thing to say about this article and the image we're currently looking at. Which which is a bunch of rich bros and, and like a lady rich bro like just being mm-hmm. like, We make money, so we're fine. Exactly. Is that mom. you can maybe <laughs> uh you can always trust someone wearing a fucking shiny suit. Yeah. 
yeah shiny yeah. suits like a, fucking a leather fucking sports coat yeah <laughs> crazy um so so <laughs> in this you. article they they go into like uh so so the skyscraper at 432 park avenue opened in 2015 to a mixture of fanfare and criticism over its slender design and its significance as a looming status slender. symbol for the slender ultra wealthy yeah um so slender <laughs> so uh you, you know the funny thing about about this is that like this this is obviously a very contested building uh i'm gonna go ahead and go on the side of this building is garbage and they probably shouldn't have built it like this and all these agents people who stand to make money off of selling the the condominiums here are probably lying about the state of the condition of the building um and and the more expose journalism that's been done on it is probably more accurate uh but wonderfully and we'll go to the next link the the same people who designed and built 432 park avenue are making a new building uh which is uh maclow's tower fifth um mm scroll mm. scroll down a little bit because it may not be apparent uh out of the uh the skyline that's shown what this building is uh keep 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 going down what the fuck yeah that, that's a good um, image to start on where where you have hmm. this big missing piece of infrastructure in the middle because they're like yeah we can just cantilever everything out from this kind of cool uh internal it, column structure yeah um Jesus. for for the listener just imagine a tree uh but uh <laughs> you, you the middle of it just has <laughs> yeah yeah the the middle of it just has like all of the bark and a few layers removed uh yeah. so it's it's got this weird little skinny bit in the middle it's like they're promising yeah. that it's gonna fall down it, yeah it, it is it is a tree being chopped that is literally yeah. what this is yeah yeah so so keep going down um We we don't need to focus on these. They're they're talking about the framing of uh the the cathedral outside of it. Oh, it's gonna be so pretty. It's gonna be so great. Yay! Keep keep going down. I'll tell you when to stop. Right here is where you need to stop. Ah, uh, so more so more cantilevers further yeah, up. They decided at, the? at, at very near the top of this. Uh, uh, I think it's like a sixteen hundred foot building or more something like that it, it it means to surpass uh one world trade center which is uh 1775 feet tall so it's a little bit taller than that uh and and at the very near tippy top they decided that they want to like cantilever out several directions so it looks like a, a broken building or something i don't know jenga. Don't, it looks like jenga. yeah it looks like jenga in progress uh which we we all know jenga ends well um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it ends with a with a well built tower. Yeah. So so keep going down. What the? F- <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 and and here's and it's here's off a good, center. Oh. <laughs> here's here's a yeah. Here's a good place to stop because we 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 see the top of the building which has this weird cantilever and then and then we see comparisons with other buildings which are all like. Yeah, straight and narrow, straight and narrow, bottom straight and heavy, narrow. if anything. Yeah, but, but they all they all have like you know like a, a good proper foundation for the most part. 
Um, and then we get to uh, Tower Fifth, which uh, looks like it's trying to be a skeleton of a building. Uh, well, it's, it's made for cost. an action movie, just yeah, so it can uh, get snapped in half. It, like it's right. designed for that. Amazing. So, so the majority of the tower reaches this like real weird skinny point where it like cantilevers <laughs> out on both sides, goes up, cantilevers out on one side really hard, and then goes up. Um, con- continue. Uh, yeah, it's just more renderings, and and like, why do you need to do this? You don't need to do this. Well, it's all sales. Like it's just yeah. sales. Everything it, is sales. It's just interesting. So they think they can make sales off of it. Right. Man, I should have. I should have kept uh, the uh, Society of the Spectacle open from uh, two episodes <laughs> ago, so I could start making quotes. Um. Yeah, this is cool, dude. I'm really glad. Yeah, uh, uh, the, that this is made by the same people, people that made 432 Park Avenue, which we know is a very successful and good building. Um, so we we have one last link that I wanted to share because, <laughs> ooh, excuse me, big old <laughs> sneezy boy. Uh, one last one last uh, video that I wanted to share because we we've talked about this in the past and and why. Um, Congress people, uh, you know, shouldn't buy or sell stocks. Uh, but this is Nancy Pelosi getting very angry over uh, her being called out about stocks. There's there's Love some lead up it. into this, which I think is important because uh, these these gentlemen explain uh, the problem here pretty well. I think, um, except except for the the weird guy with the squint, um, he's a free market capitalist kind of guy, so he can fuck himself. But uh, go ahead and play it, John. <laughs> Yeah. A business insider completed a five-month investigation into every member of Congress on their financial conflicts and transparency and found dozens of lawmakers in violation of the Stock Act. And it's not just lawmakers. Insider found that at least 182 high-level staffers on Capitol Hill have missed deadlines to disclose their personal stock trades. The violations are bipartisan, though, with late reporting split down the middle between Democrats and Republicans. Weird. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was asked for her reaction to insider's stock trading investigation where she defended members right this to trade let's like. watch surprise no i don't know to this second one um any uh, have a responsibility to report in the stock uh, on the stock but i don't i'm not familiar with that five month review but if uh, people aren't reporting they should be oh no deep it was a very it was a great answer just just keep rolling oh people do bad thing no no do bad thing i mean i mean uh first off uh so so the question is like should lawmakers be able to hold stocks and should their spouses be able to hold stocks? No. Immediately. No. I mean, yes. Pelosi, no. uh, who happens to have a husband right. who has like a bunch of real estate no. stock. Uh, immediately. She's like, no, to the second one, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. A doubt. No, of course they should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, go, go ahead and keep playing this out because, because there's a good explanation of what's going on here. I think that happens uh, after this weird twerping nerd, like says his piece about the free market. 
Because this is a free market and people, we are a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that. None of these Insider things are real. Deputy Washington Bureau Chief Dave Leventhal is here to discuss Insider's deep dive, Conflicted Congress Project. Great to have you with us. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a fan of, of the free market, too, uh, a big fan. Uh, I, that, you know, what the government does is not, like, necessarily within the scope of the free market, like using knowledge that they would have from, you know, being the ones who set the rules and regulations for corporations and then using that to benefit themselves would be, like, the opposite of the free market. It's called, it's called but, insider uh, you know, trading. What, what, what did you make so of, of, of the speaker's comments? Well, the speaker, of course, is entitled to her opinion on this, but it's important to note just the bottom line facts of the matter. Lawmakers are not like you and I sitting at home with our TD Ameritrade app, um, getting stock in ExxonMobil or AT&T or Tesla. Uh, they are privy to incredible levels of high level and privileged information. Their aides are also very much entitled to that information. Uh, they know a lot more about different companies, different industries, and of course are empowered by the body politic to make decisions on behalf of the public using that information that they're coming uh, into contact with and, and have knowledge of. So as a result, that information could ostensibly be used for personal gain. It could be used for making stock trades, buying and selling equities uh, or other financial transactions. And that really just harkens back to the point of the Stock Act, the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act of 2012, which is at the heart of this matter. Congress passed it for itself as a defense against this type of activity a defense against conflicts of interest, and a bulwark against corruption, ultimately. But our reporting has panned out and showed uh, and demonstrated that members of Congress sometimes are very bad at following the rules of the road. And beyond the information that they get as members of Congress, there's, there's, a, there's a less discussed aspect of this, which is the kind of the political economy and the political incentives that, that owning these individual stocks sets up. I want to get your, get your take on that. In other words, if, if you know that you own, to take your example, Exxon stock, uh, you know that your congressional action when it comes to climate change policy could impact your stock price. And so it's not that you're trading on knowledge, it's that your ownership of that stock disincentivizes you to do what's in the public interest as a result or punishes you if you do the right thing. And if you punish people system-wide, system they're just not gonna do it. Yeah, and one aspect of this too is that uh, right now, uh, if, as a lawmaker, you uh, don't face any real significant penalty uh, for violating the Stock Act if you ultimately do, particularly the disclosure provisions of the Stock Act. So if you, for example, are driving down the highway and you're going 55 miles an hour, but it's a 30 mile an hour zone, and you know you're only gonna get a $5 ticket, well, you might be driving 55 a lot, okay? For lawmakers, the same principle applies in part in the sense that they only face a $200 fine as an initial fine <laughs> if, for example, they are months or even years late in disclosing stock purchases or stock sales in companies that, in terms of the total value of those trades, could number into the six, seven, or even eight figures, and we've found evidence of all of that with several lawmakers. So I think cool that the punishment, <laughs> cool and good. 
I think that uh, so the punishment needs to be, I think, uh, a meter of skin. Yeah, yeah. I think a meet a meter of skin for every non-disclosure. Man, that's a lot of skin. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I mean, wanted just, to highlight two. that yeah. though. <laughs> Did you have something to say, Doreen? Sorry. No, no, I I was following off of the uh, oh, the, the meter, meter joke, yeah. um, but no, I I mean I'm glad I'm glad that uh, this guy pointed out that it's not just about the the trades themselves; it's about the ownership at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the problem. That, yeah. That's why I wanted to play this to to the point we played it. Um, th- this is uh, I think the end of the podcast, unless somebody else has something to want to say. No, Any- dudes. Pit, pitches you want to give uh, Danko? We, we have yeah, an I open, do. Uh, I do. Open workshop tomorrow. Yep, open workshop tomorrow morning. We're uh, we're hitting the, the hefty topic of Nick Land um, and uh, through him Nietzsche and uh, and Bataille, everyone's favorite boys. Um, but uh, and then in uh, three weeks, so right after the holidays, uh, that first week we're going to have another open one where we're talking about uh, my internet namesake. Uh, so on the eighth of January. We're coming back to talk about Deleuze and Guattari, um, their work on Kafka. Um, so both these are going to be open to the public. Anyone can come in. I mean, all of these ultimately are. Um, but um, yeah, so 10, uh, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. PST every Saturday. Um, if you go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Truncata, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A. All the information is there. There's a public post on there right now with all the info for tomorrow's session. You don't have to pay or log in or anything to get access to that. Otherwise, um, yeah, shoot me a message on uh, on uh, Instagram or, or Deebs here and we'll get you set up. Um, but it's exciting. Um, we've had some submissions already for uh, presenting for this one, but there, I think, is like one more open slot. Uh, if anyone wants in, so uh, please just uh, let us know. Submit some work if you want to look at. Otherwise, uh, come to lurk. Come to talk about our problematic, uh, spooky little guy. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> As always, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon is a free broadcast. If you would like to support this, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Benzo Rehab Dungeon. Uh, but if you don't, uh, we're still going to provide you with the same level of content we always have. So with that said, uh, we love you. Please take your medicine. Please take mine too. And make sure to share with your friends.